Mindless Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. So cheery salutations once again from myself, Jane, and Lindley Thomas, joined by psychologist Paul Bushel. Hello, friends. Hello. How are you, Jane? I'm good. How are things going on your side? Yeah, I think negotiating levels has come with, it feels like even more stress and more intensity uh, than we first went into this process. But I suppose we're deeper into the forest than just trying to find our way out. Yeah, I think there's a great sense of of that overwhelm for me. I mean, I'm walking around my home in sweatpants with a headband and an oversized T-shirt, cleaning bedrooms and dishes, and perpetually just feel like I'm running behind a hurricane of three children in a home where they've been in lockdown for almost eight weeks now because, you know, when we first saw the signs of the coronavirus, we made the decision as a family to quarantine sooner than um, others. And it really, I have days, in particular yesterday, it was just one of those days where I feel like I battle to get out of the thuggery of overwhelm. It feels like this mist that kind of overwhelms me. And I actually got back into bed after I went for the beautiful morning walk. I just, I felt so exhausted by it all. And that's hard, you know, trying to, we talk about trying to foster and grow resilience in our children, but sometimes I feel like that's even just hard to do for myself. Absolutely. And and I think what I hear behind what you're saying is also as much as you negotiating the here and now and some of the domestic responsibilities and realities of kids and homeschooling and cleaning and cooking and keeping things in the here and now on the surface as normal as possible, beneath that or behind that, there's, there's all that other stuff as well that we all like trying to keep alive. So businesses and other relationships and opportunities and, and even goals that we had for this year. And it's really exhausting. I get what you're saying. Uh, and I want you to know that you're not alone in those feelings. Well, I mean, the more I speak to mums about it, the more I realize that I'm not alone. And it's so good that we have the conversations, but that doesn't take away the reality. And what I sometimes feel for me and Mark as being a young family is that we're so desperate for our children not to be affected by the social impact of what's going on. And I'm so, I'm so aware that, you know, my youngest son cried the other day and he said, when am I ever going to see my friends again? Like, I want to go to school. Like, when is this going to end? So I'm so aware that there is this huge pressure on them, but I don't want them to be affected by it. But in saying that, you know, sleeping in a fort three times a week just because it's part of the experience is also also wearing a little thing. <laughs> when I get pictures of your forts, there's a whole different feeling that comes over me. And it's, it's like green. It's green with envy. I wish I could be in those forts. But I hear what all of you are saying in that moment is how sometimes the novelty of this is so fun but sometimes the novelty of this just feels very foreign and like it's missing the bits that we, we loved from the past. And, and that's so disappointing and hard to kind of yeah, negotiate sometimes. So how does one grow resilience in young people, especially when living in confined and isolated spaces? You know, if you'd asked me that question 
a couple of months ago, and I know my answer would have been something along the lines of dream, do, and connect. We know that people who are resilient, and what we mean by resilient is, is people who have the ability, classically, we would have spoken about people who have the ability to bounce back in the face of adversity. But we know that in South Africa, many young people don't have the luxury of bouncing back to anything. You know, they're starting at zero. So when we talk about, when we talk about resilience, it's, it's more the ability to keep moving forward in the face of, of adversity. So it was great work done by Northwest University, the Kazimula Project, which found that in South Africa, resilient children are able to do three things really well. They're able to dream. So they're able to have a picture of where they want to go. They have the ability to do so they can create steps to get them closer to that ideal picture. And then they have the ability to connect. So they're able to form relationships. They're able to ask for help and they're able to use their, their network, the people around them to, to mobilize their dreams for them. But as we find ourselves in this very strange situation, our ability to dream and our ability to do is very much compromised. I was reading an article by a big business person who, who said something like, if you had big goals and dreams for your company this year, put them on the shelf. Um, you know, the focus right now should just be surviving. And so those dreams and those goals, that they're going to happen and we'll get there. But many of them, we kind of need to just yeah, put on the shelf for a little bit. Our focus needs to be more short term. So with our kids, although we want them to keep being future focused, we want to be saying to Rocco, this is not permanent. Of course, you're going to see your, your friends again. And of course, you're going to have the chance to participate in certain activities again, and you can still have dreams around them. But in the here and now, spending hours and hours thinking about those dreams is not as constructive uh, as the third part of that. And that connection, for me, if we want to foster resilience, we should be focusing on the connection right now. So, yeah, how do you just be with people? How do you foster relationships? How do you ask for help when you need it? That's what we can really focus on and, and practice in the here and now with our kids. Well, I think definitely the focus, you know, when we first went into this lockdown was all about thriving and using the time to do things that you've always wanted to do. And may that be in goal setting for your career. May that be, um, you know, keeping on the straight and narrow as far as your healthy exercise and eating regime, whatever that thing looked like. And now it kind of feels like just get up and put one foot in front of the other and just keep moving forward. And that's a very different picture. It's not so romantic out here anymore. No. And so it's not to say that goal setting uh, doesn't matter anymore. I think goal setting does matter, but the way that we approach it and kind of the distance that we're putting on it. So as opposed to, to pitching it high in the sky and creating these very long-term goals might not be as constructive as some days just setting goals for that day in particular. So this is what we're going to do today, or this is what we're going to focus on over the next couple of weeks. So I'm by no means saying that goal setting is out the window, but I think you're quite right, Jane, in saying that it kind of just changes, it changes feel a little bit. And it's about day to day at the moment and showing our kids how to do that day to day stuff and how to 
uh, practice it and how to reward ourselves for it is useful. But that connection feels so valuable right now. And so that means connection between you and your kids. So spending time with them, showing them how we relate eye to eye and heart to heart. And what are good things to do in a relationship? What are kind things to do in a relationship to keep it going and to grow it? And then also, how do we grow relationships virtually? Because this is the way of the world, it seems. So how do we make connections with your friends using other pieces of technology? And what are good ways and not good ways of of acting in those moments? And, you know, while I'm listening to you, uh, and it all just makes so much sense, but if we're talking about growing resilience in our children, we take it a step back. It starts with building resilience in ourselves. Yeah, spot on. And I think that, again, eight weeks ago, the connection was so exciting. Not that it's lost its, its appeal, but the world just seems like a harder place to navigate through now. You've got people that are, are being retrenched. You've got people that are worrying about their businesses. You've got people who haven't seen family members for six weeks. You've got people that have lost people in isolation. There's so much stuff that's happened that the landscape has changed. So the way in which we are approaching every day and every week, it feels different. And it sometimes feels a lot harder just to even teach in those moments of connection. Because when you become confined to only the five of us in these four walls, that also comes with its own set of, I just need to break free. I just need to go to the toilet without teaching someone a moral lesson or telling you how to do the bonds of, I don't even know what that means. I mean, the homework <laughs> side of stuff is another, I, I don't even like getting into it because I can feel my heart rate elevating and I, I get my, my palms get sweaty. I sound like an M&M rap, but uh, <laughs> things start to happen to me. But it, it's, it feels a lot more difficult. I feel like, you know, and also like there's so much, I feel responsibility because I've chosen to be a light in the world and I've chosen to shine into the darkness. And when I wake up, on days where the darkness feels like it is so heavy, I almost feel like the sense of I've, I've kind of let the side down because the darkness has kind of grabbed me. And I need you to know that I also have bad days. In fact, I said to Paul the other day, I feel more than ever my mental, my mental health needs so much attention because I'm having to micromanage not even days, but moments sometimes. I think you're speaking into something that, that kindness can has always promoted. And that is that kindness starts with kindness to self. So resilience in the world and resilience for our kids starts also with resilience to ourselves. And, and I read a wonderful phrase, checking in. And all of us right now just need to be throughout the day, checking in with ourselves and, and asking some really important questions. How am I physically? How am I emotionally? And how am I spiritually? Each day, just yeah, just checking in with yourself all the time because this moment, which is not permanent, and we've got to keep that's part of resilience is reminding ourselves of that and reminding our children of this, that the hard test now is not a permanent state of being. So the same rules don't apply inside of the moment and outside of the moment. So the way that we are dealing with life today is not a permanent response. It's just the way that we're getting through today. And part of that is checking in with myself and checking in with ourselves as a family and asking some of those questions and being able to make space for all the different emotions that come up and, and then trying to find 
gentle ways of responding to that. And if that means, and, and I think not everything has to be a moral lesson and not everything has to be a cognitive lesson and not everything has to be an opportunity in this moment. Some things can just be you and me sitting on this couch together, holding each other because, and sometimes it can be you and me encouraging each other to go for a walk around the garden and holding each other's hands. It doesn't have to all be big shoot the lights out experiences because sometimes climbing a mountain, especially when you start reaching the tricky parts where we at at the moment is just taking one step at a time. And that is resilience. Mm. There's no handbook. Yeah. No, there's no handbook for this moment, but I, I really want to impress upon us all that resilience doesn't have to always be shining and thriving and achieving. Some moments of resilience are just finding the courage and the strength to put one foot in front of another. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything more than just that very brave step. Again, no matter how overwhelming my days can be with three small children, I always end my day and find my way back to gratitude. So may it be, you know, slaving. I don't get out the kitchen. I mean, I start, you know, at like seven o'clock in the kitchen. I'm still there at 10 o'clock because the wave of mama toast and pancakes, whatever it is, it just kind of keeps going and the plates that come with it and then the washing. So if it's not being grateful for my health, I'm grateful for having the family that I have and, you know, being at home with them. And if it's not that, I'm grateful that I have help at some stage coming back home to help me. There is always something. There is always something. And it, it never fails to amaze me how the weather has such a huge impact on my well-being and my state of mind. And yeah. we are so blessed with such beautiful weather in KZN so much of the time that sometimes it just, it's constantly reshifting and constantly not buying into, because I also feel like there's this negative undercurrent that's come back. You know, we went through a cycle of everyone being so supportive of what was going on in the country and then again, supportive again. And then when that whole Siggy band kind of fell over, I, I started to hear a lot of negativity and seeing a lot of negativity. And I feel like I have to be so careful of where my energy goes and conversations online because it catches me and it wants to hold me and I have to literally beat it with a stick and saying I am not buying into that conversation of negativity and fear because it takes me all my time staying in the light and this is where I choose to be because this is where I can navigate from yeah so I think you, you you're touching on three very important parts of self-care there the one is gratitude and so connecting with that every day getting into the habit writing it down, saying it to yourself before you're about to go to sleep. What are the things that I am grateful for today? And there's always something, even if it is just the fact that the sun is shining on this gorgeous day in Durban today. The second one is being very conscious of what I and who I surround myself with. We know that that can have a big impact on our well-being. And it is something that is in our control. And the third thing, is being very mindful of separating what you can and what you can't control. So I can control engaging in certain activities like gratitude uh, and other self-care activities. I can control who I'm surrounding myself with. But the Segi ban, as much as it might be very unfair and illogical and debilitating, right now, other than signing a petition, 
I can't control that. And so I kind of need to, to park it uh, and leave it there and leave it up to the people who have to make that decision. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And every single day there is that, that thing that wants to pull you and say, no, but we are having this struggle and that struggle and we should all band together. I'm like, no, I don't want, I don't want to play there. I don't want to. I would rather go and sit on the lawn and just have the, the sunshine on my back. I've always been that kind of girl. Um, yeah. Some might say I'm an ostrich and I live with my head under the sand or I live in a bubble. But look, man, life is great in my bubble. I love living in a bubble. Well, I suppose it's about working out where you can and where you can't go. And that's different for all of us. Thank goodness uh, we have activists. And thank goodness we have people who are happy uh, to take the charge. And, and then I suppose there are people like you and me who are happy to support and hold space in, in other ways. So thank goodness the world is made up of, of all sorts of people. But you know, kind of bring you back to resilience for a moment, that working out your recipe for what makes you feel good and what pushes you through each day, that's also part of becoming resilient. And that'll be different for all of us. So some of us need to, to be quiet, where some of us need to connect uh, whereas other of us need to be busy. You and I, Jane, yesterday were saying how being busy and busyness is part of our resilience. It, it kind of re-energizes us and it motivates us. So, so I think for you listening, just kind of taking a moment and thinking, well, what works for me? And, and making sure that you are implementing that as much as you can every day. Hmm. Ah, deep breathing. Ah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. And it, and it, and it always feels better to talk about it. Yeah, so thank you for this conversation, Jane. Oh, thank you for you. I SMSed you last night and I do it often. We do it often. I'm just so grateful for you. So grateful for the conversation. And it really just means so much to get um, emails like we receive. May it be after our, you know, our time on East Coast Radio in the mornings or may it be a podcast. I mean, I sent you one that I received late last night. It really just is so... It's so heartwarming to know that we can walk through this discomfort together, holding hands, um, yeah. and that we are not alone. And that, for me, is a daily comfort. Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to find out more about the work of Kindness Can, pop over to our website, kindnesscan.co.za, or we will see you on social media, or drop us an email at info at kindnesscan.co.za. Take care of yourself, Jane. Yeah, lots and lots of love. And also, if you'd like to find out about our online modules and uh, workshops that we have for corporates and for scholars, all that information up on our website as well. I love you, Paul. We'll chat later. Catch you later. Bye. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.